Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors have the expertise to find exactly what you need and the ethics to do the right thing, even when it's the harder thing. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. So I run into John Smoltz at Fenway Park, and two things really intrigue me by him. That Two things that I actually care about. Number one, this bizarre eight games he spent with the Red Sox. I mean, you have to go back to 2009 and remember what that was like. You Brad Penny and Daisuke in this rotation, and they're trying to find a way to get this guy in this rotation after spending so many years with the Braves. It was a big, big deal. And then, you know, 833 ERA later, you know, he's off to St. Louis and spends a little time there and then career's over. But it was, I remember, it was it was an interesting time. It was an interesting time. And you know what? Talking to Smoltz, it really just dis- didn't disappoint at all in terms of how interesting it was, how uh, noteworthy it was. Eight games, eight games with the Red Sox. But he's a really interesting guy to talk to, as you're going to find out in a few seconds here. The other thing is his closer. He was a closer and... I am I am really really intrigued by how the closers, guys who have closed, think about this whole idea of bringing closers in the seventh and eighth inning, and maybe not valuing the final three outs of a game like I think closers do. I've heard it time and time again. Kimball said it to, on the podcast a couple of days ago, which is you know those last three outs they are unlike any other three outs and Smoltz. You know, a guy who closed and closed very well, he, I think he sort of uh, is along the same lines of thinking. So a uh, couple of different topics with John Smoltz. He's always a good guy to talk to, insightful. And I think maybe the best, one of the best anyway, color analysts uh, on TV that there is. He was awesome during the World Series. So I ran into him, thought I'd do a podcast. I'm glad I did. Take a listen. My first question is, What's your memory of, I remember being in spring training with you, and that was like fresh off the, well, I'm putting Atlanta in the rearview mirror and a new start and everything. What's your memory of, of being a Red Sox? Couldn't believe how hard I made it on myself. Um, it was almost as if, you know, I was coming to this rich organization, and my past was met with my future 
scenario of this is it. You know, I'm trying to come back, and uh, I fully, I fully wish I could have got a do-over. Uh, if I could have come back here under the same circumstances, I would have stayed stubborn to the things that allowed me to be successful post-surgery. In other words, rehab. Some of the things that I was doing was unconventional, and. Uh, uh, I, I'm most disappointed that I didn't stay stubborn. At 41 years old, I, I kind of caved and went with the current regime that was here, and, and it was miserable for me. It really was. And, I, and that, I wanted to do so well for the Red Sox because they took a chance on me that, you know, coming back was probably 15 20% post-surgery. And I worked my tail off, and I put so much pressure on myself that literally my first start in Washington I can remember not feeling my legs, not knowing where to put my legs. No, it was nothing I've ever experienced in my life. I've pitched the greatest games pressure-wise that you can pitch and never felt the tension or pressure that I felt, probably more so because I put it on myself. What were, so specifically, what was, or what were the things that you said, I should have done this instead of that? Well, I was rehabbing to come back to show people that I was not uh, fearful of what the surgery did, meaning I could throw a baseball post about five months, and I was throwing it pretty well. And I realized I had to build up strength, and things had to happen, but I got shut down for a month, um, and I, it just, it, I seized up. I, I My shoulder was never the same, um, and and I I could not utilize the 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 genetics that I had. I knew I was going to be different, a different type pitcher. And, um, you know, ultimately got back to pitching games, but I didn't pitch well. And uh, the freedom of, once I got released, um, of trying to figure it out again. And I was able to do that with St. Louis. And the whole approach was, we know you've been successful. Just do what you need to do to be successful. And, uh, Again, like I said, this was a town that I you you want to play well. I mean, you really do, and I can see where this town, if you're not comfortable doing your thing, how it can be difficult for players. But um, I was it was an out of body experience. It was it was really I can't explain it because I now I, I gained appreciation for what other people feel like when they are actually playing a regular season game or when they're struggling because the tension and pressure is so great. Um, I'm not afraid of anything. I just couldn't believe I put on myself the kind of pressure I did to do to do too much too early, and it just it went backwards. Do you think that you talk about Boston, but this is this was a new thing, switching teams from a place you had been for so many years. Do you think it would have been somewhat similar no matter where you went, or was it because it was Boston? I think more because it was Boston, the expectations of that team. You know, here I was 20 years in Atlanta, coming over, and everyone treated me incredibly well. I mean, it was... It wasn't that. It, it just was not being able to be myself because you don't check in until like June, July. And um, everything was different. Spring training was different. I thought first and foremost when I was going to spring training, I thought I was being set up because I didn't think there was a spring training site where they gave me the directions for it. Oh, yeah. No, two miles down the road, it's uh, like we say, it's a long way down at his nap. It was, uh, <laughs> I was waiting for cameras to come out and people say, we got gotcha. you. But I had to learn a whole di- different way of doing things and uh, really got to enjoy some of the guys here. And, of course, 
Terry was phenomenal. Francona to me. Um, so was Theo. And uh, like I said, I, I, I wish I'd have been stubborn in my ways of doing things. And I know I'd have been more successful. So again, so in terms of pitching, was it more the rehab part of it, or was it the actual going out and pitching? No, it was strictly rehab. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was I was not trying to pitch five more years. I was trying to pitch that year. Mm-hmm. And I guess with all that was the chances they took, knowing I didn't have much time, I was trying to do something pretty pretty crazy as far as time frames. And I thought I could pull it off. I really did. And in hindsight, you know, there were some things that just didn't... You know, when your body doesn't feel right, it, it was actually hurting. And yet... I'm not saying the program wasn't great. It might have been great for someone that had 10 more years life on their arm. Um, the treads are pretty thin for me, you know, yeah. as far as what I had to offer. And uh, and then once I got to, to, you know, learning my new limitations, um, I probably put a little too much pressure on myself in the pitching end to try and be perfect when it just wasn't going to work. I remember that start in Washington. It was So that was unlike anything you had ever gone through, huh? Veritek came out to the mound. He says, are you all right? I said, no. I said, I literally don't know where to put my legs on the rubber. And he started laughing. I said, I, I, I'm afraid I'm going to balk. It was the bases loaded. And I, and I specifically remember getting in some kind of stance I've never been in before <laughs> in my life. And I didn't do well that inning. And then I settled down and did okay and kind of fell back into a little bit of a groove. But, you know... Uh, those lessons set me up to learn so much. Uh, even though at the tail end of my career, it didn't it didn't finish the way I wanted, um, but it was really kind of epitomized my whole career of perseverance and overcoming. Because when you get released, which you never think you're going to, it's not a really good feeling. And so I sat at home for two weeks, wondering if I still had enough to offer somebody in the stretch run. And the Cardinals called. And I knew that was going to be the perfect scenario if I decided that I wanted to face double jeopardy of show up and be bad again. Um, and I, but you were good. You were good with the Cardinals almost yeah, out of the gate, right? Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I had freedom of, of figuring out a mechanical flaw. And I had freedom of knowing that I was tipping some pitches, which didn't help. And all that got released really quickly. And I did through the ball. I threw the ball really well. Um, they just wanted me for the pen, but I asked them if they could just give me two starts, and I threw so well in those two starts, they wanted me to keep starting. Um, but it was the freedom of knowing I could do the things I needed to do to be successful. And that's the first thing the training staff said to me was, you do what you got to do. We understand you've been successful for a long time. And that really helped. It really did. What was the conversation like with Theo when you got when it was determined, okay, we're going to part ways with you? You know, he was great. Still tried to figure out a way how I could stay here and help him out of the pen. Contractually, it just wasn't going to work. I don't think the union was going to let me do what he had hoped that might happen. <laughs> and so I knew. I said, hey, listen, I, I, I just do what you got to do. I, I, my contract was written, written in a way where it was a no-brainer for what he had to do. And um, of the ultimate respect for him and, and this organization for how they treated me. I, what I'm most blown away is that they treated me like I'd been here a long time. Even afterwards and invites and I'm like so humbled you really I was here for two and a half months and I didn't do much so I appreciate this flattering but um, you know I was really impressed with how connected they were uh, to their players and former players and um, I really got to experience that firsthand 
when you so since you've gone and before you got to Boston you hear about playing in Boston and the difference in playing in Boston and we we went through believe me John we went through a lot last year with the David Price stuff and everything else from your perspective is it that different or do guys go in with a sort of this preconceived thing and then all of a sudden make it more difficult on themselves that's a good question I think personalities certain personalities may not work in certain towns and for here it's 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 a lot different than it was in Atlanta Atlanta's like a cupcake cupcake compared to here as far as media attention and all the different things you can do or not do um I'll give you a great example of what I, I it, maybe it's not a fair snapshot of Boston, but I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to live. I was looking for a place. I had all my stuff in my Suburban at the time. I drove up from spring training, my wife and I, and we were going to see a movie at this place, and we parked our car, and when we got inside the movie theater, it said, if you're parked at, at X spot, you need to move it. They'll tow your car. That took all of three to five minutes to get to that spot. So I turned around, and as I was coming out, my car was already on the tow truck. It was already up. And I tried to explain to the guy, and he would have nothing of it. He didn't want to hear anything. I said, if you give me 30 seconds to explain, and it was to the point where I was going to get in my car. And I didn't know if it was you can tow somebody when they're sitting in the car. <laughs> but all my stuff was there. And, and I said, listen, sir, I have to get to Pawtucket. And his, he went... Are you with the socks? And then everything changed. I was his best friend. The car was down. I realized then how much that team <laughs> meant to this city, uh, and that I was in a different place, you know. And um, all of the unknowns were really, really different for me. And I love structure. I'm very loyal. And when I when they made the sign of me knowing that I couldn't pitch but a half a year, I wanted to. I wanted so bad to give my best that it actually kind of backfired. Well, I remember that. I remember that spring training. And, I mean, people were excited. People were excited about the prospects of it. It's tough. I mean, it's like I said, everyone's – I don't think the Red Sox maybe were putting pressure on it. And you were no. putting pressure on yourself. Yeah. They, their whole plan was perfect. They said, look, traditionally and historically we get a, a starter goes down. We need you for insurance. And we prim- primarily need you, you know – in July in the second half. Because that, at the time, I think it was the six starters right in the rotation. Right. right. Dice K, and, and they had had the previous years of somebody going down and serving time on the DL. Well, kind of when I got ready, everyone was going good. So I wasn't going to be activated. I totally get it. And guys were going good, and then we'll forget what led to what, and I got my chance, and it lasted what it did. But, you know, along the way... Um, it really did give me... I could never understand why a player would get so unnerved about playing a game they loved. I would never understand why they would have such pressure they couldn't whistle or spit. I got it. I got it in that one, two-month period of what that was like. Of all the, all the big moments you had been in, that was the one. A hundred percent. There's two moments. That, being here in Boston, and my last game with St. Louis. I was flashing my whole career... Walking out, knowing that was going to be, that was going to be it. And the irony of everything, I, I look back. I didn't give up an earned run in 29 innings as a visitor here. This place demanded as a pitcher to be. You just flat out had to focus, and their lineup was great. Mm-hmm. And I ended that so quick as a hometown <laughs> player that I felt bad. You know, it's like, but I, I remember um, striking out seven in a row my first game back with the Cardinals. Um, which still is a franchise record, which I can't believe. After two weeks of 
being humiliated, not knowing if I was going to be able to be any good anymore. And then it almost ended in the playoff game with six straight strikeouts. And I think of that whole journey of from the operating table, what Boston gave me an opportunity to do, what St. Louis gave me an opportunity to finish. Um, it was incredible to, to end that way because I did not want my career to be taken from me on an on injury without me at least trying to get back on the field. And for Boston, like I said in my, my Hall of Fame speech, I can never thank them enough for, for giving me that opportunity to do that because 41 years old, nine anchors in your shoulder, um, resume is not good enough. And uh, I think when they saw me throw that they thought there was some potential that I could, I could definitely help them. Along the lines of you mentioned starting bullpen, I just talked to Craig Kimbrell, just did a podcast with him, and part of the conversations we've had with Craig is, you know, the the new way of using closers. And one of the things I told him I, when Billy Wagner was here, Billy Wagner was, he was a talker, so he was, that was good, because he was, he talked about um, the difference between the ninth inning and the eighth inning, because he was brought here for the eighth inning. I'm interested for you, John, about the ninth inning, about how different that is in terms of how hitters approach it and, and where you fall in terms of this whole idea. Oh, well, you can bring your closer in in the seventh or eighth. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is our sport's not played with a clock or time. Uh, so whenever you see the end of the game of every other sport, there's certain strategies that come into play that mean different things. It's so much easier to give in a bat away in the first or second at bat in a baseball game. I've never met or seen anybody give away in a bat in the ninth inning. They know there's no other chance. There's no other time to uh, rally the troops, if you will. And I'll say this about whatever analytics or whatever strategy people are trying to put together. I would argue a good 60 to 70% of people cannot get the last three outs every single time. That's the difference. Now, whether or not your stuff or your ability or your personality allows you to come and go with an unstructured role, that's I haven't found too many people that can do that. But if you know going in that your range is anywhere between the seventh and the ninth and it's more of a... Uh, you're prepared for it. I think anybody can do that. So as a closer, um, you know, it's hard to get the last three outs every single time. And that guy you need fresh, mentally sound, and confident more than any other player on your team. So if you start messing with that and you put the greatest closers in unsavable situations, the next thing you know, you've messed with that confidence. So even though the game might be on the line and the bases are loaded and nobody out, unless it's game seven, I think over the course of a season, if you can win the games you're supposed to win with structure, you do yourself more service than if you just bounce around and treat each game like a game seven. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what the analytical people want to try to create is that, hey, in the seventh inning, the game's on the line. Yes, it is. But more times out of not, if you use your best reliever and best situational guy then, how do you get the last six outs? How do you get the last three outs? Because when you put people in that position that have never done it before, it's different. Mm -hmm. Anyone can get three outs at any time in a ball game except for consistently getting the last three outs. That takes 
a little bit special of a person that is willing willingness to fail, overcome failure, and say, I'm good enough, that I'm better than you, and I'm going to get the last three outs. It's almost exactly what Craig said. And, and, you know, we've been talking about it. It's been a topic of conversation. I go back to 2003 when Theo tried to do the bullpen by committee, and I think that was an eye-opening thing because not only didn't you have the horses to do it, but you talk about the, the understanding where you're going to pitch. That's as a baseball player. That factors in too, right? Yeah. Look, my, I, I know I'm not an expert, but I got a chance to do it. I saved 55 games my first year after struggling mightily in the first month. I begged management to not get rid of our veteran bullpen. They needed to re-sign him. They didn't. That next year, I pitched 17 different times in the eighth and ninth inning. It wears you down, and it gets has an effect. Now, I was still successful, but at the same point where you start doing what it, you, if you can't trust other people to do that job, then you're really running the, the risk of burning your your your, your guys and, and burning mm-hmm. the risking of not, not being good at the end of the year. And so I spent some time on the DL that year. I still ended up with 45 saves, but I realized that up and down and that burning and churning. I mean, I've been in five games in a row, I think, and four out of five. and You know, I've been in some pretty long stretches. The adrenaline helps, but at the end of the day, when you're in 78, 79 games, and then you're up and down another 75 to 100 times that you don't get in the games, which happens a lot. That's why that's why they don't understand how difficult the role is. And I would argue this. The more people that pitch a game, which is what we're doing, the more opportunity for someone to not have a good stuff. You know, I, I, I would be a favor of making hybrid guys two innings at a time. And being able to uh, utilize, if you're going to have three monsters at the end of the rotation, the end of the bullpen, utilizing three different closers if you have to by finishing two innings at a time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, baseball doesn't always work that way where you can predict how it's going to go. Last question, broadcasting. So, first of all, have you ever been nervous? Are we talking about being nervous on the mound? Have you ever been nervous broadcasting? I think the first time you do something different, uh, when you have your opens and you're trying to come up with content, just trying to figure out how things go. Um, but I, I applied the same principle. I'm not afraid to make fun of myself or make you know mistakes. And uh, surprisingly, it's way more work than I ever thought. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I'm just trying to bring the game in light to where people at home sit there and in their own way say, I could do that. And politely, I'll say kind of, no, you can't. And this is why the game's so hard. And I try to convey a, a, a criticism that would exist in a way that I realized how hard the game was. So don't come at it in any other way than that. John, thanks so much. for. It's always good to see you. My pleasure. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. 
The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors have the expertise to find exactly what you need and the ethics to do the right thing, even when it's the harder thing. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means high visibility polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and not to mention they replace lost and broken shades. Shady Rays includes lost or broken protection on every new pair purchased. They'll send you a brand new pair if you lose or break them, no matter what happened. See ShadyRays.com for details. Shady Rays offers free 30-day returns and exchanges so you can find the best fit for you. Try them, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America with your order, adding to over 20 million meals donated to date. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com MLB to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's ShadyRays.com MLB for the best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs. And try for yourself the polarized sunglasses rated five stars by over 150,000 people.